if you've got some time, some extra capacity, you don't have that high income job that requires a ton of your time, then I'd say go be active. Start getting educated, get a mentor, do all those things and be active if, again, if you want to. But I think if you're a high income earner, if you've got a a very demanding job and you don't have time to be active, then I would say start passive, at least start that way. Mm -hmm. Save some of your money and put your money in. You can, you know, partner with somebody like Abel and really learn, you know, on the job, really learn as you're investing. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real-life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. My name is Abel Pacheco. I'm their host of Five Talents Podcast, where we talk about commercial real estate, investing, syndication, raising capital, among many other subjects, and financial independence. Obviously, uh, we're all here. We want to learn some great information. And we have just an amazing guest, Mr. Lee Yoder. Lee, thanks for joining us, brother. Abel, it's an honor to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Literally, I think our network, our listeners are really going to get a lot of insight from you. So let me give a little background and then I'll turn it back over to you for really your your full story. But so Lee, you're a physical therapist and that's what you do right now, right? Yeah, I still am full time in physical therapy. Yeah, that's awesome. And so Lee, you know, he started as a physical therapist was that's his profession. That's what he does right now. And when I say started, he really realized his true passion for building his own business and investing in real estate. That's where I I met him on another podcast where we were together in this podcast. And I go, man, Lee's just, you know, he's an amazing guy. I want to learn a little bit more about him. You've got a passion and you take considerable action to really jump quickly into multifamily investing. And you've gone from several small apartment buildings and now you're looking towards, you know, even bigger ones in the future. So I'm excited to hear Lee is the founder and visionary behind Threefold Real Estate Investing, which I was super turned on. Lee has really created a path to help him drive incredible wealth, incredible opportunities for a lot of his investors and people that are, that are working and learning from him because he has a podcast as well, this Threefold Real Estate Investing podcast. And you guys focus on the three things that I'm passionate about as well, mm-hmm. multifamily real estate investing faith and family. And those are just awesome things. So let me turn it over to you. Lee, tell us a little bit about you know yourself and what you're doing, what you're up to. Yeah, sure, Abel. I'll just take it back to you know coming out of college finally. I mean, I went to college for seven years. You have to go for seven years to become a physical therapist now. So I was in college forever. And it was about, yeah, eight years ago, um, I came out, you know, did some physical therapy, was at an outpatient clinic and the hours there, you know, we're working a little bit later. So my wife and I were starting a family. So I was looking to see maybe if there was another setting that I would enjoy more. And 
physical therapy. So found home health where I go to people's houses. And the cool thing about that is you get to make your own schedule. It's very flexible. And, and frankly, you don't have to work that many hours. So my wife loved this job for me, but I was just really bored. I was not fulfilled. It, yeah. it wasn't challenging for me. It was very relaxing, but I'm not a person that likes to be relaxed at work. You know, I, I want to go to battle. Like I want some butterflies in my stomach when I'm going to work because something exciting is happening there. And, and I just wasn't having that. So the company I was with actually asked me to come in and move into a clinical director role. So I jumped at that opportunity and I started to grow within that company. It was a small startup company here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I was building out a division for that company. So I, I really, you know, I didn't know that about myself, Abel. I didn't know that I, I would like this so much, but I just really, you know, felt called and, and, and just felt moved to help build this division in this company. And I really liked that. So I actually stopped doing any physical therapy. I wasn't doing any visits. I was managing all the therapists we had between three cities and, and we had, you know, about a hundred therapists doing about a thousand visits a week. And I was managing all that and building the company and making decisions like that. And I loved it. So work was great, challenging, but it was very consuming as well. And now my wife and our two young kids now just weren't getting that much of me. I mean, I was kind of drained and, and just kind of always consumed by this job. So, you know, a few years into that, really about two to two and a half years into that, I really started looking, you know, maybe I need to make a change because this just wasn't really working. But I didn't want to go just back to home health physical therapy where I just knew I would get bored again. So that's when a friend turned me on to real estate. My dad's in construction, so I understand that part of it, but I, I've, I don't know anybody that's, that's really an investor. So I, you know, this was all new to me. Was well, your dad an investor or? No, just he's not. No, constru- just, just, yeah. Okay, got it. Just commercial construction, just general labor, you know, probably should have been, I mean, definitely could have, you know, flipped some houses. Um, I've tried to turn him on to that. And he, he actually is doing a little bit of it now, but yeah, I didn't grow up around it at all. So that wasn't my mind, but you know, someone turns me on to rich dad, poor dad. And, you know, just like a lot of people was like, okay, this is how I think this is speaking to me. This is what I want to do. And so Abel, I decided to leave the, the corporate world take a very large pay cut. I mean, you know, 25 to 30% pay cut, go back to home health, physical therapy, knowing that I was going to get bored with that. But I knew, hey, on the side, I'm going to do real estate. So that was my plan. So that was coming up on four years ago that I made that switch. And it it was about a year. I say I took a year off because I was still working full time, but it was very relaxing, like I said, and just started studying like crazy. I mean, I'm driving around. So I'm listening to tons of podcasts, you know, like, like, too bad yours wasn't going on back then, Abel, but listen to some <laughs> other good ones. And then a year into uh, being back into that, three years ago, made my first real estate purchase. And have, like you said there, you know, I've kind of scaled that and gotten into multifamily. Yeah, baby. I love it. I love to yeah. hear that. That's awesome. Following your dream and pursuing it and really taking, if I could summarize a couple of things I heard, you took some risks. You had sure. to do that. You had to overcome probably some you know, fear, worry, anxiety, whatever the situation was, either between you or your wife, I would imagine, and push through it. And now you're doing, you know, what you want to do. Another thing I heard was you weren't challenged. You were kind of bored. You said, hey, if I didn't have those butterflies in my stomach, then I I wasn't, you know, I wasn't excited to get after it. And I've heard it said in a way that, you know, like a guitar, there's six strings on it. And unless they're tuned nice and tight, you don't get the right chord and it just doesn't play well. Right. And, yeah. you know, in, that's kind of what I was thinking what, of when I heard you speaking was you need to be nice and tight. <laughs> yeah. Get going. yeah. Yeah. It needs to be. Yeah. There needs to be a challenge there mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's yeah, like that. 
Not everybody, but worked out very well for you. So let's dig into the real estate side. I do want to come back to some of your personal things, your family, you know, sure. passion, but just before we head there, your real estate specifically, you made the decision, you made the jump. How did you tactically do that? I think I heard one point was you took a full-time managing a hundred people to a part-time or not part-time, but a, a more of a flexible, relaxable yeah. schedule. You knew you could do real estate on the side. So I think we heard that. How did you kind of get into it? Maybe the money, the time, the juggling of two schedules, any of that insight, I'm sure our listeners would like to hear. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was really thinking about making the change, I went to a friend of mine who was in the real estate space full time. And he was telling me about how he got started, but he was doing a sales job and he was doing it from home. And he got to the point with this company where he was really able to work about 25 hours a week and fill his quota and do what his company, you know, what was paying him to do. And he was commission based. So he was just getting paid for what he was doing. So he had, you know, 15 or, you know, want to work a little bit more 25, you know, 30 hours on the side to get his real estate business going. So he asked me, he said, is there any way you could work from home? Could you be more flexible? Well, in my current job, the answer was no. So that's why, I, you know, and I'm just saying this to tell other people, if you want to get into it, maybe that's what you need to look into. Is there a way to do your job? You know, a lot of people are working from home now. So is there a way for you to get more flexibility in your current job? If not, is there a way to do a different job that would give you more flexibility? So that's what I did. So I go, and now I'm still full time, but I'm just not working near as many hours. And then also able like, you know, certain jobs are consuming. I mean, yeah, when you're managing people, it's just my wheels were always turning and I was consumed by that job. I couldn't really think about real estate and be crunching numbers for real estate. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the side. Yeah. My job, I was all in on it. Sorry to interrupt. I managed no, about 60 people on the sales side when I was trying to juggle real estate investing and doing that. And it was a beast. So I can yes. imagine a hundred people like you. I'm sure you, you managing 60 was a lot more involved than me managing a hundred. They were, they weren't in the office or anything like that. And they were kind of, you know, yeah. independent. So it's not as, as big as it seems at all. But anyway, yeah, it still was very consuming. So when I went to home health, now I had the time and I had the energy and just the capacity, the bandwidth to really start thinking about it. So I'm learning. And just like a lot of people, I, I thought, well, I'll start with a single family home and I'll, I'll do a flip. We bought one in our town and we bought it on an online auction. Another thing I'll say, well, what really set us up, you don't have to save a lot of money, but I think it's good for you to start working that muscle. If you want to invest, you need to start learning to delay gratification. So my wife and I have always been pretty good savers. We bought a house at kind of the, toward the bottom of the market in 2012. So we saved a bunch of money. We also had a bunch of equity in our house. It was, you know, I guess 2017 when we're getting started and we bought in 2012. So we had a lot of equity in our house. So we took out a home equity line of credit and we had a lot of savings. And we were at the point able where this house, we could afford a mortgage on this house and ours at the same time. So there was risk involved, but we also had a cushion. So I knew, hey, if we buy this, everything goes terribly wrong and we have to just sit there and own this house, we could. It wouldn't put us out of our own house or anything like that. So there was some cushion there. So we bought this house. It was horrible, probably a horrible purchase. It needed tons of work. We had to put 70000 in. It took us nine months to flip it. I did a ton of the work myself. Financially, we did well on it. We did make, you know, I think like around 30000 or something, uh, which is actually more than we were. I was hoping we'd make at least twenty. My wife thought for sure we were going to lose money. I mean, so she was just saying <laughs> that we were going to break even the whole time. So financially, it was very good time-wise and just family-wise, faith-wise, that all got put on the back burner. At the end of it, the last three months, I had to be all in. We wanted to get it ready by May 1st. 
we did hit that goal. But I mean, I was out there every single day, seven days a week. I mean, every, you know, all weekend out there. So it was really bad. So my wife, you know, it was like, it was like I was back at that corporate job that I had just left. So, you know, I, I kind of proved two things to my wife in that deal that yes, real estate does make money. Like I told you it was going to. So check there. But also what she learned from that is real estate is just as consuming as your, you know, corporate job when you were climbing the ladder. And I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want that to be the case. Yeah. So pretty early on, able just kind of realizing, you know, you hear a lot of guys say this on podcasts, like flipping is, is just another job. You're getting yourself another job. So I had one job that wasn't that consuming. And then I added another one on top of that. And I was just doing two jobs at once while I was flipping. And again, there's people that do it a lot better than I did. You know, when, when you hire a lot of the work out, frankly, on this deal, if I would have done that, I would have probably maybe broken even, maybe just made a little bit. So since I did a yeah. lot of the work, um, so, made some money. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And let me, yeah. you know, pause you, right? Uh, and then we'll keep going, which is you took your $70,000 and put it in a deal. You come out at the end of it. You work seven days a week. You grind your tail off for months. You're not closer towards more free time with your family. In fact, you're probably further from it. And, you know, when you say, hey, it's less consuming than the job, you had way more risk in that single property than you would ever probably have on the multifamily, at least for this period of window, right? This period of time, this window of time, sorry. Was that the premise for multifamily? Or when did you flip over and say, you know what? I think I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) I need to go to multifamily. Well, yeah, it was. It was just after that one. So that's, we have done another flip since. It went way better. And it was after we had already gotten in, it was just this past spring. We were already in the multifamily stuff and we did that just to kind of build up some capital. Cause it yeah. is a good way. If you do it right, it's a good way to get capital now. Multifamily is definitely more of a long term play. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. why I love it. I mean, I'm in this for the long term. I'm not in this, you know, to make money this year. I'm yep. in, you know, to build wealth long term. But do you think you'll make more active? I call it active capital. We're explaining it right now, right? Do you think you'll make more in the same period of time than working a professional job doing a flip? You wait a second. So, what am I comparing to? Am I comparing like, to being a physical therapist? Yeah, like your current physical therapy role. Yeah, the way my flips have worked out, I could probably do two, maybe two and a half flips. I would make what I'm making a year okay. in my regular job. The way I've done them. Okay, cool. So for anybody listening real quick, this is a point that people ask me all the time where they say, should I start flipping houses and replace my W-2 income? Is that how you got started? And and I think it's a very personal question depending on who's answering or listening or taking advice or giving advice because if you're a high W-2 earner and you make a ton of cash, it's probably better to stay in your professional role and not do a flip. I agree. (laughs) On the flip side, literally flip side, if you are not making that amount to cover, then it could be more lucrative to put your time, trade your time. You're still trading time for money, but trade your time in a flip versus your professional W-2 job. And, you know, I heard two flips. If you get two flips a year, which would probably be pretty freaking time consuming. (laughs) But if you did those, then you could, you know, either not do your job or you have that juggle, you have that balance. But if somebody's, you know, if you guys are making 100, 200, 300K a year, yeah. you know, just keep working for your active right. capital, right? But and if say, you're not, yeah, just save your a good money. way to do it, right? I agree 100%. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for letting me in- interrupt. So, Lee, you know, tell me about your first multifamily deal. Like, you know, how did you find it? Where did you get it? What did you do? 
you know, all the, all the good nuggets and maybe tell us about your second and third too as well. Cause I know, yeah. I know you've done a few. Yeah. So it was uh, literally a year later and we kept laughing cause it was every August. So in August, 2017, we bought the house we flipped August of 2018. We actually bought a duplex, bought it at the County auction, full gut rehab, got some residents in there actually, and managed that just for a few months. You know, I knew I didn't want to be a manager or a landlord, you know, and manage residents. They were great residents, very easy, but we just didn't like that. But actually ended up selling that in under a year. So that was really more like a flip. And then it was August of 2019 that we bought our first 16 unit. That property, Abel, I found on loopnet.com. You know, that's where they say, you know, good deals go to die. This was a great example of that. It's a great deal for Lee. Yeah, right. You know, it sat there for like a year and a half, I think. I think it had been under contract twice. It was a weird property. It's an old school building. It's in a rural, it's in a cornfield. So it's in a rural area. It's just outside of Dayton, Ohio, which is just up from Cincinnati. So that the property is like 20 minutes from where I live, 16 units. They had actually turned the school into a nursing home, then turned it into an apartment. So yeah. So, you know, the big time investors like you, Abel, you're not going to be interested in a property. <laughs> like that. It's only 16 units and it's a weird property. So for someone to get started, I think sometimes that's how you have to get started. You have to take the properties that the, the big boys aren't interested in. It was definitely, you know, in disrepair. I had three vacant units. One of the residents was managing it for the owners. Yeah. So property that needed a lot of work and a lot of attention. So we were able to come in significantly under what they were asking and actually just got a big credit cash back at closing to help us pay for a new roof for it. Nice. And yeah, so I, I poured a lot of time into that, you know, almost kind of treated it like a flip, like, Hey, in the first, you know, three, four months, we want to turn over a lot of units, put in a lot of new things. We didn't really raise rent that much. We added a $25 utility bill back, but when we turned the units, so there were three units right away, we, yeah. then we were getting like 70 to $95 of rent premium. And we really kind of cracked down on people smoking in the building yeah. Uh, which was a novel idea for that building. So we had several more people moving. So I think we've turned seven of the 16 units. And like I said, we're getting 70 to $95 rent premiums. So we've, you know, increased the value by a ton from where we bought it. So How we much actually, per unit renovation, roughly speaking, I mean? Rough. So there's studios and one bedrooms. The one bedrooms were around 4,000 okay. per unit. The studios, maybe closer to three okay. on average. Yep. Yeah. And you've done about seven so far. How long have you had yeah. it? A year, just over a year. Okay, cool. And yep. that's awesome. So let me break this down for those that are maybe passive investors or new general partners are trying to figure it out, right? So sure. Lee, you mentioned a couple things. Cash back at closing. What in the heck is that for somebody that's used to putting all the money down in investment in a single family property? How did you get cash back at closing? How did you negotiate that with the seller? And you mentioned a roof. and So explain this real quick. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. After listening to a few episodes, deep down, do you know that multifamily and commercial real estate investing is one of the best ways to create financial freedom? If you said yes to that question and you are where I was a few years ago, then I'd absolutely love to connect with you. A few years ago, I started personally consuming a ton of real estate education. I traveled all over the country, as many real estate conferences and seminars that I could go to. I took 200 plus hours of real estate education. I spent thousands of dollars along the way. And I did this because I knew the path to financial freedom 
for me and my family was through commercial real estate and syndication. So if you've made a similar decision, I'd love to connect with you. And potentially in the future, I'd love to partner with you as well. Take a moment, go to 5tcre.com forward slash invest, and I'd love to set up a time to talk. Yep. So, you know, we agreed on a price and as we're going through our inspection, we realized the roof was much worse than we thought because they had told us they had repaired the roof, they'd replaced the roof. And that was true, but they just did the bare minimum. They had the roof torn off twice during storms. So they just, they did not use their money wise. They frankly didn't use all the money they got back from insurance, what became clear. So we said, look, in order for us to buy it at this price, you've got to, you know, give us some cash back at closing to help us pay for a new roof. This whole roof needs replaced or at least three quarters of it. So they basically agreed to, to kind of split that cost with us. They, they actually gave us more than half, but they agreed. I think they had the, the building paid off able. So they said, basically, instead of taking all this profit, we're going to give some of it back just to save this deal because we were ready to walk away Yeah. because at the price we were paying, it yeah. just wasn't going to make sense to have to put a new roof. So they gave us some money and that, that stayed with the title company. Yeah. And as we were putting the roof on, the title company would release that money for us to give to the roofing. And then they got money at closing. Then you fix your roof. Love yep. it. So a year and a half on LoopNet, for those also, I forgot to mention this, there is no MLS listing services for commercial properties, not in the formal like when residential. So LoopNet is a place you can go to look for commercial properties. Some people list it there as opposed to a broker or with a broker. And that was on there for a year and a half with two failed offers. So that means when Lee comes in and he's saying, hey, this is a take it or leave it type of thing then that would have been their third off, their third deal that right. they lost in a year and a half. That seller's like, nah, we got to close this deal. We got to get this off the books. Exactly. And so happy to help Lee with this roof, cash back at closing. The other thing he mentioned was a $25 utility or you know whether you call it a rub, rubs, ratio, rubs, utility yep. billing yep. system, or you push back the utilities. He turned out that the property was paying for some of those utilities for their tenants. And he just pushed that back over to the tenants. Hey, why don't you go ahead and pay the $25? And then also you increase the rents 70 to 95 bucks after you're doing these improvements, which are about $4,000 units. Is that all correct? Correct. Yep. Okay, cool. So that is a actually a big increase in net operating income. Whenever you think about it that way, have you done the math recently? I, I'm sure you've looked at it often, but have you looked at the math recently on how much valuation that now you know provides your 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 deal with? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we bought it at 350, and w- with what I'm paying in taxes, that's one thing I learned. Able, you know, somebody's going to buy it for you for a lot more than you bought it for. Their taxes are going to go up a lot. Their insurance is going to go up a lot. But at 650, it's still well over an eight cap for a new buyer. So, you know, wow. that's kind of where we're yeah, looking to get. So we've added 300,000 from where we bought it mm-hmm. um, and almost doubled the value of the property. Yeah, um, baby. I love yeah. it. So buying at a six cap, 6% capitalization rate for those that don't know, and which is, you know, it's a solid number, but you pushing it two full basis points, you know, from six to an eight or 200, sorry, basis points from six to an eight just means the deal is even better for Lee to sell it. Someone who gets a really, they view it as, oh, I got a really smoking deal. 
And <laughs> I like Lee got the smoky deal. They're also going to get a good deal, but yeah, he's right. created $300,000 of, of equity with this nice, you know, pretty slick plan, man. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. It's great. going very well. We've been blessed. And that was deal number one. Uh, yes. with really the bit more sizable one. Yeah. Tell us, the, yeah multifamily. tell us about your next one and, and, or what you're looking at today. Sure. Well, I think you, Abel, you've probably heard of the law of the first deal. Yeah. Um, I know, Michael Blanc talks about that a lot. I'm like a perfect example of that because the day we were closing on the 16 unit, a friend of mine from church, just a really good friend of mine that I've been, you know, telling about my journey and he's been really interested. He's one of those guys able to has a very high W2 income. So he's like, I've got the money. Let's partner. Let's get one. <laughs> he randomly, you know, he randomly yeah. saw when a guy he used to go to church with as a realtor, a residential realtor, he listed an eight unit on the MLS. So on the residential MLS, and that's sometimes a good place to find the smaller multifamily deals because a lot of times they'll have them listed and they don't really understand how to figure out the income. So then the value of the property, they almost do it as like, you know, looking at other comps. So anyway, he sent it to me that day. I said, if this is not falling down, this is an incredible deal. So I said, put an offer on it right away. So we actually put an offer in on the second property. <laughs> the day we were closing on our first one yeah. um, and, and ended up being a, just a tremendous deal. The guy, I think this kind of maybe just didn't know what he had. Also, he owned his own company. So I think this was more of a tax write-off for him. You know, so he just, he was ready to kind of get out of it almost for what he got into it for. And so we were happy to do that. So that was on the MLS. Uh, like I said, the residential MLS, we wrote an offer on the day we closed on the first one. It was like a month and a half later that we actually closed on it. And then the third property, uh, a 10 unit, we found on LoopNet again. And in really the same situation, it was a 10 unit and just not that desirable of an area because it was outside the city, not a real bad area, but just low income. And um, it was 50% vacant. And again, they had been under contract a couple of times. So the buyers actually, or the sellers actually wanted to meet with me just to get a sense that I was actually going to close because they yeah, just did yeah, not yeah. want to go under contract again. I mean, mm-hmm. to go out of contract, you don't have to be in under contract again. So that's kind of how we were able to close that one too. I said, no, if, if we can agree on this price, I'm, I will close on this property. Mm-hmm. I was very familiar with it. So. Yeah, the third one we got. Now, Abel, you know, we're, we're just trying to level up a little bit. We're not quite working, you know, arena that you're working in, but, you know, kind of that between between 30 and 100 units, that area where, you know, we, we could, you know, bigger numbers where we're going to look to syndicate, but not up there, you know, 100 unit plus where um, some of the big boys are, are playing. And it would be tough for us to compete with that kind of money, but some of these smaller ones. So we're looking, you know, 50, 60 units would just a real nice sweet spot for us and our investors. So we're working to We've got some investors that are really interested in joining us and what we're doing. So we've just kind of told people a little bit about these first three properties that we've just, these able, we've really just done a simple LLCs, joint ventures with real close friends and family, just yeah. a couple of partners on each of them. But now we're looking to get bigger properties where we'll need to bring in more partners. Yep. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. And, you know, again, for a little breakdown, right? The LLCs or joint venture partners or basically not syndication for anybody that's listening. Mm-hmm. Once you go once you have a bigger property, you're going to have to raise more capital. It's going to require more partners. Obviously, you know, you're not going to have, you know, 30 cooks in the kitchen. You just want a couple and those passive investors invest through a syndication. What Lee is doing is maybe a few of the individuals that can all make a decision, an active decision in the, in the property would all team up together and they'll, you know, go the, do these deals. I love hearing the law of the first deal. That's absolutely right. You close one, somebody else, and you talked about it. So right. you put it out there 
and somebody picked it up, which is good. Yeah. You need to talk about what you're doing. And I encourage any passive investors and or obviously general partners that are trying to figure out how to raise capital. Like you got to share your goals with people. You got to tell people what you're doing. You got to get some exposure to, you know, to why multifamily, to why you want to invest, to how you're doing. And you're going to attract other people that you very well may partner with, even at church, right? Mm -hmm. So that's great, man. You've done some tremendous things and I'm excited for you. I'm excited to hear the future too. So you're doing real estate, you get further into it, your deal after deal after deal, you've learned a ton. You start a podcast. Let's talk about this, like family, faith, real estate. That's where your podcast is at. I'd love to hear, you know, more of that side as well, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel, you know, just that God has very, really blessed me and, and my family in this journey. Um, it, it's been really exciting. Uh, for us. It's been very challenging, but that's been a blessing as well. God has definitely taken uh, my wife and I through some um, difficult times at that first flip. And we've just learned so much about ourselves, so much about each other. And it's just, you know, God sharpens, you know, iron through the fire sometimes. And, and you know, you have to go through some difficult times and he wants to prune us. And we've just really experienced that to a really... Uh, it's been really awesome um, in the end. And, and we're really excited about it. And we've seen our investors that the few investors that we have had just really get to benefit from this as well. So I just, you know, I guess I want, I wanted more people to be in on this. And obviously, like I said, we wanted to go after these bigger properties. We're going to need more people to join with us in this. So um, that was the idea behind starting the podcast, uh, getting a website and just kind of putting the word out there of, Hey, here's what we've done. We've done nothing special. We've just gone after it. You know, we have taken some risks. We've made, you know, some big decisions and, and taken some big steps, but we've done nothing special. Um, anybody can do this. So I wanted to start the podcast to maybe educate some people and inspire some people to do it themselves or just to get people familiar with it and what's going on. And maybe they would just want to partner with somebody like us, maybe, maybe you as well, Abel, somebody like you. But yeah. And then beyond just educating people though on the real estate side of things is just trying to make sure we always want to try to keep our focus on the things that are much more important than real estate and the things that we're going to do in this world on this earth. And that's, you know, our faith in Jesus Christ and and following God and his will for us. And then doing that with our family and my wife, you know, is is much more important than anything I have going on in business. And and so are my kids. So yeah, I just wanted the podcast really focuses on that, bringing on investors and, and talking to them about real estate, because that's what we want to educate people on, get people excited about uh, getting into it for themselves or just being uh, passive investors uh, along with somebody else. Or, well, and I say, and just kind of talking to people and maybe it's in a different field, but talking to people about how can you balance, do really well at balancing, you know, this work that you're passionate about and you're really going after, but making sure we're keeping our priorities straight with, you know, walking with Christ daily and then, you know, pursuing our family and good relationships within our family. Yeah. I'm smiling ear to ear, man. That's awesome. (laughs) So many things that resonate, you know, with me among what you just said, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer as well. And we put a lot of time, effort and energy into commercial real estate and, you know, money, dollars, investors, deals. You think about the amount of energy, effort, time, money, resources that we put in to have success Right. And then, you know, for me personally, man, I don't want to do all that and miss the eternal part. (laughs) Why do it? Right. And so it's good to hear that you're focused on that. So I'm very, very happy, man. And God's going to bless you a ton, dude. So that's that's great. He already has. He already has. (laughs) He already has. Yeah. So 
your wife, maybe talk about this for a minute too. I heard a couple of nuggets. What I wanted to circle around to was your wife. I heard uh, maybe a little hesitancy. She wasn't gung-ho as you were on real estate. No, no, yeah, definitely the not. beginning I mean, to now, you know, give us any yeah. of that stuff. So, Yeah, she she's really worked hard to, to come around because um, she can see that what a passion this is for me and what a dream and, and how badly I want to pursue this. And she's grateful to be able to stay home with our kids. She actually homeschools. They go to school. It's like a hybrid program, but she does some homeschooling. She, she's very active in the home. And she's a nurse. She was working PRN as a nurse. But anyway, it wants to be home. So she's really excited about the design we have for our life. But the risk that comes with real estate is very uncomfortable for her. She grew up just, you know, like a lot of people with parents that just, you know, work regular jobs and just put all their money in a savings account, right? And try to pay off your house. You know, the kind of, the you know, if you go back to the rich dad, poor dad, kind of the poor dad path of just, you know, but they were smart with their money and they've actually been investors now, which has been really cool to see them kind of see what investing can do for you. Like actually, you know, investing and making your money work for you. Just from day one, she was very resistant. She's just not the type of person that likes to take risk. And for whatever reason, God put us together because I am the opposite. Like I'm a gambler. I want my chips to be on the table. (laughs) I'm always telling her that like, you just want, like, we have to put the chips out there. Like if you want to play and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Not playing. And I'm like, no, I've got to play. I've got to be in the game. I mean, I can't sit on the sidelines. I, you know, I want to be in this. So it's been tough, but it's been really neat how God has put us together because she's saved me from some stuff, Abel. I mean, she's slowed me down. You know, some people jump into flipping and they've got to flip 10 or 15 houses before the light goes off and they go, yeah, this is just another job. Maybe I should look into multifamily. And because she's kind of in my ear, like, hey, you know, are you sure about this? Let's slow down. Let's think about this. It only took me one flip. Maybe that wasn't right, but for us, it was. So I only had to do one flip to go, okay, let's get into multifamily. So I always say it's been so neat how God has worked with Hannah and I together because we've moved so much slower in a lot of ways than I wanted to. And yet we've moved so much farther in a short amount of time than I ever could have imagined. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wanted to flip a bunch of houses. We only did one, but then we jumped right into a duplex. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to get a bunch of these really small multifamily. But then a year later, we're, we're already buying a 16 unit. And I, that just seemed impossible to me. So we've done a lot less deals, but we've made these big jumps because we've slowed down. And that's really credit to my wife. She's the one that's, you know, hey, let's slow down. Let's think about this. Is this really what God has for us? And so we've gotten a multifamily very quickly on just a few deals because my wife and I are so different. I actually made her read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Abel. And she read it and she said, okay, I can see why you like this. But yeah, this doesn't speak to me. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I think that's true. I think there's some people out there that could be your passive investor, right? Abel that just says, look, I can't stomach it, Abel. I cannot get out there and and put other people's money. I mean, that really eats her up that we, you know, we have other people's money for me. I'm like, Oh, they're so lucky to be in on this. This is going to be so great. (laughs) So They're just different people. And I think maybe definitely do balance each other out. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been, you know, challenging, but um, exciting and, and fun. Right on. Well, hey, before we wrap up, I want to make sure where can other people that want to get into your world, where do they go reach out to you? Maybe drop all the areas that we can get into Lee's world. Sure. Well, I'm on, I'm, as far as social media goes, I'm basically just on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. So you can look up Lee Yoder on LinkedIn or Facebook. And then I've got a website. It's just threefold, R-E-I, as in realestateinvesting.com. So threefold, R-E-I.com. The email is real simple. It's info, I-N-F-O at threefoldrei.com. Yeah, any of those, you know, we've got a phone number. You can call me at 937-400-3044. Yeah, reach out to me. I love talking about this stuff, whether you want to partner or whether you 
you know, want um, me to talk you through some stuff. Maybe I love doing some, some education. So um, yeah, I'd yeah. love for you to reach out to me in any of those meetings. Nice. So for somebody listening today that is trying to figure out, should I go active or should I go passive or passive investors or maybe new general partners? Give us some words of wisdom here. Give us your take on, you know, when sh- somebody should go passive, somebody go- sure. should go active, et cetera. I think if you've got the time, you kind of laid it out pretty well. Abel. You said, you know, if you're a high income earner, like you're making it, that's what flipping houses is going to do for you. It's going to give you income, like extra income. If you're already making a lot, don't do that. For me, I had the time. So I have the time to go hustle. So I think if you're like that, if you've got some time, some extra capacity, you don't have that high income job that requires a ton of your time, then I'd say go be active. Start getting educated, get a mentor, do all those things and be active if, again, if you want to. But I think if you're a high income earner, if you've got a a very demanding job and you don't have time to be active, then I would say start passive, at least start that way. Mm -hmm. Save some of your money and put your money in. You can, you know, partner with somebody like Abel and really learn, you know, on the job, really learn as you're investing. And I would say go passive. And then as you start to learn and enables, you know, putting your money to work and you're making money, maybe you do a couple of deals and then you say, okay, now with this extra income, maybe now you start stepping away a little bit, getting some more time, and then maybe you go active. Got it. Okay, great. For somebody that's already made the decision, I'm going to go full time. I'm going to go real estate. I'm going to put all my chips on the table. Like you're saying, give us a few actionable items like that someone can walk away from this podcast and start today, tomorrow and go. I think the number one thing is to network. You know, that that's where you can, you know, skip ahead is if you can get out there in your local RIA and the meetup groups that they're having, reach out to people. And if somebody's already doing what you want to do, you've got to find out how they're doing it and just, you know, copy that and start doing it very quickly and put in the work, put in the time that they've put in. And I think that's the number one thing you can do is get out there and meet somebody that can, you know, show you what they've done and get you to where they are. What do you tell them? What do you say? What do you ask them once you've met somebody and you're there, you're at the area, you're like, I don't know. I'm a new guy. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, so what do you have to offer? You know, do you have time? Do you have money? What are you looking to get into? And is flipping going to be right for you? If flipping is going to be right, you're trying to meet somebody that that is flipping or, you know, was very successful at that. And the number one thing you got to do is find deals. So, you know, what are you doing to find deals? Okay, you're sending out mailers, you're making calls, you're looking up these lists, you're doing that. You got to find out how to find the deals. That, that's where you got to get started. If you don't have a deal, you've got nothing. So if you've got some money, you've got some hustle ready to go, you got to find out how to get the deal. So if you're looking for flips, you got to find somebody that's doing well to find properties. Maybe you you go to these meetups and you meet wholesalers. Hey, I'm ready to go. Get me on your list. You know, find me a property in this area. I've got the money, I've got the hustle, I'm ready to go. So you find those people. If you want to jump right into multifamily, yeah, where are those people finding those deals? If you don't have the money, then you got to go meet those people that have the money. But if you've got the hustle and you're ready to go, I think the number one thing is to network with people on how are you finding deals? Because you've got nothing until you've got a deal. Once you've got a deal, now you're, you know, you get the money ready, you get you going and, and you can jump in. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I have people pinging me now, Facebook and LinkedIn, and, and they're asking me, Hey, can you teach me how to do it? Can you show me? And as opposed to, I have other people that say, Hey, I found a property. It's 60 units yeah. in San Antonio. I've seen you a couple of times. Is this something that interests you? Because I have, you know, this now, if you want to take a look at it, yep. the second is way more, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm way more right. excited to open the second one and say, Hey, let's schedule some time. 
or vice versa, somebody that says, hey, you know, I am thinking about passively investing. I do have some questions. You know, so one of the two, you're trying to network, number one, reach out to somebody Mm -hmm. new you've never spoke to. That's absolutely key. And then, you know, like Lee sharing, hey, do you have time? Do you have, you know, some resources? Do you have some connections? You know, what can you provide that person and offer them, you know, in, in advance without expectation of anything and the networking is going to go great. You absolutely yeah. do well. Right. And then uh, some other realization for people that are not sure, oh, I don't want to reach out to him because, you know, I don't want to view me as a newbie or a rookie or I don't, you know, I usually would say, Hey, I'm relatively new in this space, but I'm learning more. And then also a little realization, like Lee, if somebody reached out to you because they said, Hey, I saw you on Abel's podcast. Would you want to talk to them? I'm not that busy yet. I'm not as busy as you are. So I would, but yeah, once you start getting more, it's like, man, I can't keep taking these calls. So today though, like somebody reached out to you tomorrow, they saw the podcast today and they reached out to you. Would you want to talk to them? Okay. Sure. And frankly, so do I. (laughs) So yes, I'm busy. I'm even busier now. You know, my schedule's insane, but I absolutely still want to talk with somebody that says, hey, I saw your podcast, Abel. I'd like to talk. And, you know, that's why we do these things, right? Get exposure, you know, get everything out there. So for anybody that's listening, you know, if you're questioning, I'd love to reach out to Lee. I'm not quite sure. Man, just ping him. Ping me. You know, we'll tell you when the next time available, we can speak to you. But yes, that's why we do this. We want exposure. Yeah, Yeah, we're always networking. Yeah, so. always networking. Anyways, nope. that's good stuff, Lee. Thank you very much, man. Is there anything we didn't talk about today that you really wanted to share that was on your heart? What you know, whatever. Anything we didn't cover? No, I, I feel like you you really covered it all very well, Abel. I just always really hope people continue just to check themselves to make sure that all this hard work they're putting in to be successful in business, to be successful, you know, with, with whatever job or business they're pursuing, that they you know just take account to say am I living life as I'm doing this? You know, you don't want to just try to build all this up, you know, for some point in the future. And then you get there and you don't have a good marriage and you don't have good relationships with your kids. I mean, I think some people do that when their kid's young because they think their kids aren't going to have memories, but that's when the relationships are really formed. So I just always try to stress that to people that, you know, you got to keep checking. I mean, you're doing all this stuff for your family, but are you missing the chance to have a great relationship with your family? And if you're putting in, you know, 60, 80 hours you know, for your work, it's tough to have a relationship, you know, good relationship with your family. So is there a way you could do a little bit less? Because I think those things matter more. I think most people get to the end of their life and, and most people don't say, I wish I would have worked more. They often say, I wish I would have spent more time with my family, you know, and, and my God and, and the things that really matter more. So I just, yeah. I hope people keep, keep checking in. Hey, how am I doing? You know, I'm putting a lot of time in at work and work's going well. Are you putting in a lot of time with your family? Is your family going well? You know, are yeah. your relationships there good? So I hope you uh, keep doing that. That's awesome. Thanks, Lee. Well, yeah. I think I prayed on one other podcast with with Els Hammond. He's oh, cool. uh, yeah, he's going to be on mine. Christian. Okay, up good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but would you mind praying us out, man? Is you know, is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, all right, God in heaven, I thank you for uh, blessing us with this time. God, thank you for Abel and the podcast that he has and and uh, the reach that he has. Lord, I hope people hear this today, God, and that you're just moving in their hearts. You know, whatever you have planned for them, Lord, everybody's different. But um, hopefully they heard something here today, God, that uh, just moves them in the right right direction, which is God, moving toward you, 
Lord, moving toward your will for each of us and, and God moving toward glorifying you better. Lord, I hope with maybe in real estate that people can find some some success that allows them, God, some extra freedom to follow you really well and uh, pursue great relationships with their family. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. And we thank you even for the hard times that you help us get through. Uh, Lord, we thank you most of all for uh, the gift of your son and the, the gift of salvation that we have through him. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh man, I'm pumped, dude. I'm ready to go like (laughs) look at some deals, talk to some investors, make something happen and go have a killer return for everyone. I'm like, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So you got me pumped up, man. I'm excited. And just wanted to say thank you very much sincerely for your time. Lee, it was a pleasure, man. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure for me too, Abel. Thank you so much. Right on. My name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. If you heard something you appreciated today, please drop a line to Lee. Let him know that you're there. You want to get in his world. Do the same for me. Give us a positive review on our podcast. We would love that. And until the next show, we will talk to you later. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from other industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to want a copy of our Passive Investor's Guide, Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. It's the guide we use to invest in $93 million of commercial real estate. It's a 65-page ebook. It's a great resource to learn the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications. And we're going to show you how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating, I'm going to give you a free copy. So take a moment to do that now. We'd appreciate it. And then you can register for the book at 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Let us know and we're going to send you a copy. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.